Maybe you had all the time in the world, or maybe just around the corner your time was up. Like in the end, none of it really mattered anyway. Ironically, there had always been something undeniably spiritual about him. Like he'd been told something the rest of us hadn't, and had then been sworn to secrecy. Years later, even though life moved forward as it always does, those visions, pictures of his face that day, of a casket draped in white, carried to and placed before an altar of polished wood and sparkling gold, never left me. I never mentioned to anyone that within days of Tommy's death I began to feel his presence all around me. Maybe it was survivor guilt. Maybe it was Tommy saying goodbye the only way he could. Maybe it was all in my head. Regardless, Tommy's death served as a milestone in our lives. We went our separate ways for a while, like most people do once high school ends and real life begins. Bernard joined the Marines, Donald went to college, Rick wound up in prison, and I married my high school sweetheart. But within a year, Bernard was home from the Marines, having badly injured his knee in an ill-timed drop from a training platform and had a job selling cars. Rick had served his time on an assault and battery conviction. Donald had dropped out of college and I was already working the same low-paying security guard job I'd held since not long after graduation. What had been a bunch of inseparable high school kids had become a group of young men struggling with the past, the present, and whatever the future had planned. Through good, bad, and the often indifferent detachment tedium breeds, we remained close. When I married Tony... Donald was my best man, and Bernard and Rick served as ushers. That was the closest the three of them ever got to another wedding. Although Rick lived with one of his girlfriends for a few years, he found it impossible to remain faithful, and the relationship eventually dissolved. The others remained bachelors. Marriage wasn't in the cards for Donald, and Bernard had never had much success with the opposite sex. He'd always been aloof when it came to his social life beyond our group, and although he often spoke of conquests, we never actually saw any of them and tended to write his stories off as just that. He lived at home with his mother until her death, and the bank had foreclosed on the property not long after. Bernard became detached and horribly depressed. He moved into the cellar apartment of his cousin's house in New Bedford, about half an hour away. And due to the distance and Bernard's increasingly dejected behavior, we began to see less and less of him. Back in high school, we had all purchased identical silver satin jackets and dubbed ourselves the Sultans, the only gang in Potter's Cove, Massachusetts, an otherwise quiet and unassuming working-class town nestled along the coast south of Boston. It was a joke, really, but it signified that we were one, Friends for life, always there for each other. The same blood brothers we'd become years before as kids, huddled in a treehouse in Tommy's backyard, nicking our thumbs and sharing blood like in the B-Westerns. Nineteen years out of high school, I found myself standing in our bedroom holding that old sultan's jacket and wondering how we'd all managed to go so wrong. Frustrated, marking time, and now we were only three. I slipped the jacket back onto its plastic hanger, 
slid the closet door shut and moved to the window. My hands were trembling. I never heard her get out of bed, only felt the sudden warmth of her as she embraced me from behind. Her voice filtered through those whispering in my head, distracted me from memories and the beginnings of a sunrise. Why did he do it? I heard myself ask. Why didn't he come to one of us? I replayed the moment the phone rang, jarring us from sleep. My startled and angry middle of the night hello answered by Donald's voice, cracked, uncertain, vodka slurred and void of the confidence that often bordered on arrogance in his tone. Alan, I'm... Christ, I'm sorry to wake you, but... Alan, something terrible has happened. No longer worried she might see the tears in my eyes, I looked at her and realized she was trying to comfort me, trying to be there.